Gentlemen, we shall chase perfection and we shall chase it relentlessly, all the while knowing it is unattainable. But along the way, we shall catch excellence. That is a quote from Vince Lombardi Jr., arguably one of the greatest football coaches of all time. I played competitive basketball from the ages of 12 to 18, and it was honestly some of the most memorable moments of my life. Sports is where I learned passion, grit, teamwork, but also disappointment, trying your very best, yet still coming up short. My guest Andre Callaway, who throughout his younger years, playing at a very high level in the American varsity sporting system and learned very similar lessons from it. He grew up in the suburbs of Los Angeles in less than ideal circumstances. As an adult, he started off selling mobile phones in a mall, making a minimum wage, and now he works in global sales at IBM, is also a real estate investor, and was even able to put his brother through college. We go through our individual experiences, the power of grit, or the dog as some may call it, the consumerism created by sports, the Aussie sporting system, what we think about esports, and some great sporting icons such as Muhammad Ali, Kobe Bryant, and Jackie Robinson. I hope you enjoyed this episode of OTMW. Welcome to another episode of Overthinking the Modern World. Glad you can make this one. We're approaching Christmas. Today, I have my good friend Andre Calloway here with us. Andre, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And I just want everyone to know that you were my best roommate I've ever had. So <laughs> that, that takes us back. That that's takes how us we back. Met. Yeah, that's how we met. So that takes us way back. Do you, do you want to explain briefly? Yeah, we, we, share, you know, we were uh, living in Santa Monica, right? I, I, I booked, a, I moved into a room with three roommates that I didn't know. And then you happen to be one of them uh, for that summer. So that was a crazy summer. That was a crazy summer. We went to Vegas. We played video <laughs> games. We uh, just we had a throwing away party, throw, going away party for you when you went back to Australia. And then you're supposed to move back, but then COVID hit. And uh, then uh, <laughs> it's been it's been it's been uh, a wild ride. It's so been a mess. We've been in touch ever. Talking about video games, though, you actually went to Vegas to play video games. Like yes. you say it as if yes. We were just playing video games and we went to Vegas separately. Yeah, no. You played video games in Vegas. Yes, yes. And I made it to, I think, the second day, right? I made it to the second day uh, for, at the Smash Brothers tournament for the Smash Brothers tournament. I lost. Yeah, I lost in the second day. That was actually, you actually got further than you thought. Yeah, yeah, I got further than I thought, but um, I was nervous. I was nervous. But yeah, we went and played Smash Brothers. But yeah, um, sorry not to deviate <laughs> from the topic, but yes, I had to introduce myself as your favorite roommate ever too so that, that was that was a great introduction while we were roommates we actually bonded quite a lot oh yes we did we did and especially uh on the topic of sports which is what this episode's really about yep, yep. you used to play a, i i played basketball for a bit but you played a lot like your entire yeah, childhood yeah yeah basketball was my everything you know it actually still is a part of me today how did you get started with the game oh man so so basically you know my uh Started watching the Lakers, right? Started watching Kobe when I was like six, seven, eight years old. Kobe was like a rookie at that time. I didn't know who Kobe was, but he was my favorite player. I think as a seven or eight year old, you just appreciated his like steez. I don't know, you know, his swag. What do you mean you, you don't know who, you didn't know who Kobe I, was? I was just watching basketball because my dad's a Laker fan. And I was like, oh, that's my favorite player. And it happened to be Kobe. This is before I knew who Kobe was, right, or anything. So something about his game or his energy just attracted it to myself as a little kid. 
Oh, so you're that kid watching television, watching Kobe. Yes, oh I watched him airball those three critical airballs in Utah when we got swept, and he did three airballs back to back to back. Every he just got like destroyed for that. This young kid, he's taking shots when Shaq should be shooting. This is before we became the Lakers that you knew. So I just remember. Oh, you know the history. Oh huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. So started playing basketball. I got a basketball hoop for Christmas one year. We put it up. We 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 got a house and we put it up in the back, and I just would be out there all day. I then eventually um, started playing for high school, but I didn't make my high school team until the junior year, and I played JV. Right. I've, okay, you're gonna have to explain it in some of these terms. Okay. Oh, JV is a very American term. Oh, American. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. So JV is junior varsity. So in, in, in high school, you have varsity, which is the main team, and then you have junior varsity, which is the underclassmen right. to play there. So there's two teams per school. Per school, per, you know, for women's, there's the J- JV. For, you know, it's just the JV and the, and the varsity. Now, if you're really good, you play varsity as a freshman, sophomore. That means you're, like, going places. Right? And freshman and sophomore mean year seven and eight. You're, oh, so, oh gosh. Freshman and sophomore of high school. Yes, freshman, sophomore of high school or, or junior. As a senior, you're not allowed to play junior varsity. Okay. But I was a junior on my last year of eligibility and I wasn't good enough for varsity. So I played JV, which it's like really embarrassing kind of if you're a junior playing on JV. Oh, this is sounding like a Michael Jordan story. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually, uh, you know, very similar to Jordan. He didn't make the varsity, so he had to play jv that's one of his that's one of stories, his stories right? yes. like i didn't make the team it, when it, i was in exactly some, yeah exactly and now look at me exactly so what i did is um that jv year my junior year my mom meets an nba trainer and a retired nba player at the local la fitness right and um basically she's like oh my son loves basketball like let me get him to train with you and over that year and what i was learned how to approach the game, the mentality, the work ethic. I then get a scholarship to a private school to play basketball my senior year. That in one year. Huh? In one year. In one year. That's why I know that if I had more time, I could have went somewhere for sure. And it eats at me every day. However, I've been able to translate that into my regular life, right? But but again, that's my story. And that one senior year, I also got invited to play the top amateurs in China. So I went to China for two weeks. Whoa. Yeah. And I, I went with, I was like supposed to be like the last player on the team. I was the 10th player because it's local high school all-stars that I'm playing with. So I was just going like for the experience. I got there in China and was the MVP of the team. Then this, I have my senior year. I win a CIF championship ring for my school first ever. What's the CIF? CIF is, uh, like the playoffs of high school. Oh, okay. The playoffs of high school. And then you have to win CIF and then you get to go to the state championship where like you play in NBA arenas in, ah. high, in high school, right? So I went to the second round of state championship and we lost. Last competitive game I ever played. I have a couple articles in the LA Times about you know me leading the team to whatever. But all that happened for me in a year or 18 month span. That yeah. from that junior year to graduating a senior as a senior. So I, I played basketball uh-huh. in the past as well. And you were talking about like the CIFs and the state championships. Yeah. To a lot of people, they might think like, oh, that's not that crazy or anything, because obviously you watch like athletes, yeah. like professional athletes compete. But when you actually play in those teams, that shit is unforgettable. Oh, man. Playing in that state championship or in the local finals, 
that's everything uh, that you know, it's it's everything to you and then some of them ended up going to the nba and everyone pretty much played in college so i just followed everyone's career and root for them you know so some of the people that i came across you know uh, that are in the nba now <laughs> so so you you know to make it to college or nba you have to play high school first right so i was a part of that like high school amateur scene of basketball for those 18 months that junior to senior year that is insane that you actually at some point were thinking oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna oh hoop. i it, it, yeah i didn't I, I actually went to kobe's high school camp um at, at lmu um i was at the first one in 2007 2006 so wait so kobe was there kobe yeah, was there i have a photo with kobe right so so yeah i was like doing my thing in high school and you know, I, I, I didn't succeed at it, right, the way I wanted to, like playing college or anything like that. But everything I learned in basketball and how to apply myself and the work ethic and the mentality taught to me from an NBA player mm. is how I now pursued sales, corporate sales, you know, building my real estate business is all from the things I learned from basketball as it relates to discipline, work ethic and things like that. Right. You felt like basketball taught you everything. Basketball taught me everything. It wasn't conventional school. It wasn't or, conventional school at all. It was just the sport, huh? It was just the sport. And honestly, working with an NBA player, you think that NBA players, oh, they're just tall and strong and stuff, right? Um, that's why they make it. And it's the there's so many people that are tall and strong so many but it's it's the desire the will the mentality that helps these people succeed oh you don't you don't think it's as talent based as oh no it's not as talent based sure talent is a part of it but i'll take anybody that's less talented with a work ethic 100 percent any day of the week and then when you get somebody that's talented and has a work ethic like a kobe like a michael like a lebron you become the greatest ever right so oh. so yeah i honestly thought that talent played an enormous role nope it's just will the dog in you it's just it, it yeah that's that's what it's all grit it's really all grit wow and anybody that has played at any serious level understands that i've actually never thought about it like that that is it's pure grit because i think when us mere models watch professional athletes compete yes we think this person is six five well like two meters plus yep and enormous like 250 pounds, yeah. 100 kilos plus, and he's moving or she's moving like Man, that. It, you got to understand practicing four or five hours a day for years, right? How that compounds, right? Into physical strength. But basketball is a game of skill, right? And finesse. Yes, physicality is a big part of it, but it, 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 the mentality and, and the, the will to win is much greater, right? And, and for me, learning what I did with basketball, you know, and the way I practice my jump shot, I don't, you know, I don't practice my jump shot anymore. I practice my cold calls, right? So when I do need to, you can't leave the gym unless you make 10 free throws in a row, right? I can't leave the gym or I can't leave my work day unless I did 10 cold calls today. So you've converted putting in reps. Exactly. From basketball to putting to, to in put reps in anything, I guess. In, in anything, right? Anything for me, it just happens to be sales. When I look at real estate deals, how, how do you know you had a good, uh, you had a good day uh, of sourcing properties? Oh, I looked at 100 deals today. Mm. In the same way you take 100 jumpers. Kobe, oh. Kobe, right, famously, you know, would not leave the gym unless he made 400 jumpers. Oh, okay. That, that was his, he just doesn't leave if he didn't make 400. Mm. And it probably might take you to 500 shots, right, to make 400 with no one guarding you obviously yeah but yeah so the thing is i honestly agree with you for 
almost all of this because as people know i used to play basketball as well yeah but obviously at different levels and that's why i think it's interesting is that you probably played at a more much more realistic level to go pro yeah and i play like in sydney australia against local kids yeah but i felt like you still had that dog in you i'm not saying oh i could never be in the nba but I can kind of empathize with the dog in some yeah. of these people. Yeah, and I've actually played with you. You are a competitive dude just by nature. So, like, I know you have that, I guess, ego or that dog, right, in you, right? Maybe you just didn't apply yourself to basketball that much. But I know with the mentality that you have, you could have easily learned how to be really good at basketball if it was something you committed to. Oh, yes. I you think know? it was a very conscious choice for me as to not pussy basketball too much. But... I will say this. I was not the best. I was definitely one of the best kids at my school, but in the areas, I wasn't the best kid. Yeah. But I always, I would say I always was the biggest dog. Yeah, yeah. No, you're competitive. I'm at people. You're competitive. We did an Orange Theory class together once, and um, I was like, hey, bro, like, come hang out. Let's, let's work out together. And you got in there and were going so hard. You pushed me. And I have, I've done maybe 100 Orange Theory classes. That class where you were going so hard, that was the best class I ever did because I was trying to match you, right? I was like, gosh, all we're doing is running on the trip. Why do you have to do this so hard today, Matt? I was like, you just do everything really hard. So yeah, that's the kind of mentality that is universal, right? And I'm sure wow. that energy translates to your work, right? Well, let's let's set it straight though. I'm proudly admitting, I, like we're not that good necessarily in the things that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not Orange Theory competitors. We're not going to be F45 competitors. Yeah. But we have big dogs in those things. Yeah. Because objectively, that time probably wasn't that excellent, but I was giving it yeah. 100%. Yeah. And and Orange Theory, they like rank your workouts and it you know you, you, it's all tracked. So I always... that whenever they send me the workout it's like i your career high is that day we worked out <laughs> and i remember about how much you pushed me but yeah you you definitely got it in you matt oh well i appreciate it damn absolutely <laughs> but yeah so that's like essentially my story as it relates to sports i think where things become detrimental is i see a lot of kids that have this focus on basketball and i love it but then they just can't apply themselves to anything outside of basketball right like, like that, and that's that hurts me I see. And what I want to do in the future is when I become a coach is really teach and hone in on that, right? About how, how hard we're going here in the gym. You can do this on anything, whether it was software engineering or real estate investing or any job, right? Any job. <laughs> well, I, I do agree with that. I think anyone given effort can succeed yep. on a pretty solid level in most fields. But you find that people can't translate it. Yeah, that's the, yeah, exactly. They, they only show that passion and discipline and work ethic, right, towards basketball or something that they like. Um, there's a big difference between motivation and discipline. Motivation is weak, right? Motivation is fleeting. It's discipline, right, that makes you do it over and over even when you don't want to. Right. So a lot of people are motivated to play basketball and things like that, but are you disciplined to do certain things, right? That's uh, I think that's the, the distinction because... A lot of people will like to play basketball. Exactly. That's exactly. fun. That's fun. Right. But right. training, that's not fun. Exactly. And in when we were practicing, you know, winning, you know, CIF championships and stuff, the practices were so hard. Like we looked forward to the game because the game was easier. 
Oh, yeah. that's what my coach used to say. Yeah, that's why you practice. <laughs> right, that's why you practice harder than Yo, the game. Yo, man, I hated practice, you know, but we had to do that to do what we loved, and it was designed that way on purpose, right? My coaches played in the NBA, played across, you know, in Europe, right? So they made the practices so hard that you had to be disciplined to show up, and sometimes some kids just would miss a practice. Because you're just in your head or having anxiety about how hard this practice Wait, is. Wait, kids can miss practice? I mean, you could miss it and then you just don't suit up, right? There's consequences to me. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember the consequences of practice. Like, why were you not at practice? Exactly, exactly. Or being late, right? Like, you're late if you're on time. Like, you're on time if you're 15 minutes early, right? So, so like, <laughs> the, all these things that were taught to me, right? Like, even now, it relates, right? So, I'm never late to a client meeting. I've had maybe 1,000 meetings in uh, five years or so, right? Uh, and you've never been late. Never, I, I'm sorry, I was late once uh, because the, the subway stopped in New York City. So like, yes, you're gonna be late because something happens, but I just automatically schedule myself to be there 15 minutes early, right? And so I, yeah, and now I'm never late because I log into Zoom one minute early. <laughs> That's a joke, that's a joke. But um, but yeah, you know, just these things relate right into the real world, you know? So um, yeah, discipline over, over motivation. That's a great one, that's a great one. And I honestly, I, I'm very grateful for playing basketball because of all that was taught to me. Yeah. I think there's also this like group camaraderie mm -hmm. that makes it such a bonding experience. Cause this isn't, um, this is team sports. Yeah. So you have like a couple, you know, nine boys with you and you better back them up. Yeah, it, it's, I don't know, an analogy of like life, right? Like teamwork, um, perseverance, work ethic, you know, discipline, winning, losing, rewarding your, you know, getting a reward, like, you know, getting a championship ring. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's really, it's real life, yeah. you know? And I feel like what else, how else can you teach a kid this at six years old or eight years old? Sports. But well, how else am I going to teach all that? A lot of my great teamwork skills have come from playing basketball. Oh, oh, I, yeah, it definitely is a positive. The whole mindset that team is above me, the team's goals are ahead of my goals. I would do anything for the team. And also I would never push anyone else on the team down. Yeah. I think I love your concept about team. And that's why like, you know, if we talk about certain athletes in life, right. You know, I always believe like Jordan, LeBron, right. The people that play team sports are all, it's harder to lead people. Like I obviously Muhammad Ali and, you know, Serena Williams and, you know, Tiger Woods, right? They're individual sports and yes, they're great, but they only had to worry about themselves when they were competing, you know? So to me, it's a challenge to bring people with you. So that's why I look at Jordan, LeBron and Kobe and their, their stories and why that's like so challenging. I, I, Muhammad Ali means more to me in like in the world, like, you know, from a bigger perspective but if we're talking just sports i i go with a team person because he that person had to navigate had to, all those dynamics because not everyone has that same mentality they always say the best players are the worst coaches you know because they can't understand being not that good right <laughs> but a normal coach or a, a you know phil jackson's the greatest coach in the nba but he was a bench player, right? In, in when he played on the teams, he understands I need to get something from Jordan Farmar or from, you know, the, the worser players. Kobe doesn't understand that, but, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, he's Kobe like, plan. he's like, yeah, so, exactly. So that's why to me, you know, the Jordans, the Magics, the, you know, people that played team sports, that's way harder. Cause not only do you have to be great individually, you also got to bring people with you. 
That that was a very hard part about sports, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Because as we mentioned earlier, we are extremely competitive people. Yeah. I'm always down right. to be excited and intense about things. But not everyone is that way. How do you motivate, right? How do you like motivate others? Uh, you know, so yeah, that's yeah, that's you know, that's my that's how I follow like my idols and, and things like that and what they mean to me. Yeah, I, I found it quite a tricky thing being the leader of morale because you would almost get I would use I used to get angry at people yeah when they wouldn't perform like you right no when they wouldn't be intense oh man it's it's definitely not the the average right yeah that mindset is not the average otherwise they wouldn't stand out so when you try to bring that mindset and compare it to the average person it's kind of an unfair comparison yeah yeah it is it is you're just going up to some random person on the screen and, and saying why are you not trying to be right oh man i now thinking back on it i i think i was too critical to some of these people oh yeah yeah Yeah, sometimes you look back and you think ah that was unfair of me we just like played finished the state finals and we came six out of eighth and some people were smiling but we lost the last game oh yeah and this was the first time we had been to the state finals and everything and you know at the end of the season that's always bittersweet yeah because you're always yeah, you might win, you might lose, but the season's over. It's like, oh, that was oh, a season. I was in tears when we lost in the uh, state championship. I was just in tears. Uh, it was also the last competitive game of basketball I ever played, too. And I didn't know that at the time, right? Because I'm going to the NBA somehow, right? Um, but yeah, to your point, like that was, I was crying. You know, but some other people were like, we had a good season. Oh yeah, that was absolutely. Good. That was absolutely. Good happen. We like, had a good time. Yeah, we, we had, had a good time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, had we had a great experience this year. I'm like, we don't, you know, we didn't win everything, right? But, but that's my own toxic. It's not necessarily toxic, but it's intense. Yeah, there it's we go. Intense. It's an intensity, right? and not everyone has that intensity. Exactly, exactly. I think having a background, a sports background, shows demonstrates you care oh, about yeah. certain things. Absolutely. This is really interesting. Um, uh, I forgot what tech company was. Maybe it was Reddit or something. Um, the CEO or some hiring person of Reddit yeah. saw that a StarCraft 2 player, StarCraft 2, it's a video game. Oh, video game. It, oh, okay. I didn't know which. Okay, gotcha. It's a video game like Warcraft oh, or okay. RTS. Yes. Gotcha. And he said he was applying for the job and the, I, did, I don't know if it was Reddit, but that person just said immediately, oh, you have the internship. Just replied to his thread almost and just said, hey, you have an internship with us. And then people were like, wait, how does being a good StarCraft 2 player translate into being a good engineer? Mm. And he said it doesn't. But what was required to become an extremely good StarCraft 2 player is why I hired him. To become extremely good at something, you understand some fundamentals. Yes. About getting reps in, but also efficiently. Yes. Yes. And being able to build on skill. Right. So that person put in the reps and learned how to build level to level to level to the point he's at a certain level where it's like you're automatically you're well, let's select you because you I know from what that work that you know what it takes. Joe Joe Rogan, I think, recently said that some people peak. No, maybe David Goggins or something said that some people peak at their talent. Yeah, I think is very true. A hundred percent use their talent and then they stop somewhere. Yep. And this is this is your natural talent it's not bad but yep. this is it's all it's gonna be yep. until it's developed a hundred percent agree hundred percent okay so we we do live in the u.s now yes and you just talked about a very classic high school dream in the u.s becoming a pro athlete yeah. because this dream is not 
as common everywhere in the world. Right. It, kids in Australia, for the most part, are not dreaming of being athletes. Oh. This is very much like a... Not U- even US soccer? Dream. Not even soccer? Or- it's extremely rare. There was maybe two or three kids that were trying to be athletes. Oh, in wow. Interesting. Okay. And one own being realistic. Gotcha. After coming here, I realized that the U.S. is so obsessed with sports. Yes. Oh, there I is w- an obsession with sports here. Oh, I would love your perspective because that's this is just normal to me. But you coming here, th- people love their sports here. Yes. Yes. People talk the the UCLA vs USC game was on. Yeah. Two weeks ago, oh. and people in LA are just talking about it. Oh yeah. You go down the street, and everyone's talk. People are talking about the same game. I think, Why is know, it like this? So. I have I have a controversial opinion on this, right? Especially when it comes to football, which clearly American football is the most popular sport here, right? Um, and 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 does the most amount of revenue and ad ad spending. But um, I believe it's the closest thing to war. And you know, Americans love violence and guns. It's the closest thing to war. Yeah, it's it's the, we love violence, guns, and and football. It's almost like you're putting on armor. Right, you're talking about helmet, shoulder pads to go to battle with your troop, right? And and that's again could be a little bit controversial, but we have a fascination with violence here. Oh wow, this is like a conspiracy. <laughs> theory, <right? laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what I believe, um, and 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 that's why you know football is very um, vo- football is a gladiator sport, right? Like people love seeing somebody get hit so hard that they get knocked out. Right. Oh, yeah, like th- that. That whole part of football is kind of weird, huh? Yeah, it's it's because you're you're wishing for pain. You're wishing for pain. It's people. like the you know there was even a coach um, that gave their players bonuses. Uh, the New Orleans Saints they gave them bonuses for uh, if they hurt someone. <laughs> and he got suspended, I think, for your Sean Payton, the New Orleans Saints. So it was, it's it was called the idea. bounty bounty the bounty scandal or the bounty gate. So it's just how much you hurt. It's just. Again, I think it's our fascination, right? It's a deeper thing about, you know, I mean, how did the U.S. become the U.S., right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> through, through, yeah, Wait, I'm sorry. But, uh, but on the injuring of other players, you almost have to have no empathy because it makes absolutely no sense because you understand that if you start doing things like this, you're setting a precedent for everyone else to start doing this, but you're in the profession. Oh, Yes. You work in sales. It's like wishing. Oh, I wish more salespeople would step on each other's heads. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's this way, but again, that is my opinion as to why sports <laughs> are so unpopular. It's the closest thing to battle and war, and Americans, you know, we just are fascinated with violence. And then, of course, you know, that's just uh, you know a, a high level controversial opinion. But I think going down into it, it's you can see the teamwork. You know, people do love under. I don't care who you are, you love the underdog. Like right, like we just uh, love to hear about someone's story. As soon as I see a new player that was working at DoorDash last year and now he's playing on the Lakers, Matt Ryan, right? Um, I just love to see. You want to see him win because I know his story, right? So that's also part of it. There's a lot of feel good to it as well. Oh, supporting the underdog? Yeah, supporting the underdog and just the stories in general. Right? Oh, I, I think traditional media has done a great job at telling some of these stories. It's almost like the story is like more important than like the sport or what's going on. It's like the story is the first narrative and then it's, you know, what they're doing. That's just what I've noticed. Oh, I think that is completely true. <laughs> yeah. I think that's completely true. It's not necessarily about how good the jump shot looks. It's about 
the the story right like that dog on the court yeah yeah you know lebron we know his story right came up from the worst parts of akron ohio right dad dad i still don't know where you know who his dad is you know right um and just the stuff going house to house he missed like 90 percent of his elementary school you know it's just it's just crazy his story and then for him to become who he became is just I, i'm still amazed <laughs> he's pulled generations of his family out of poverty oh 100 100 percent. with this one great move into becoming one of the greatest of all times lebron is worth 500 million to the city of cleveland <laughs> <laughs> that's insane <laughs> yes yes that amount of pressure yeah you know i so, i love it this does happen even in earlier years right i mean you just talked about lebron a great legacy pulling generations of his family out of poverty being one of the greatest of all times but also all of that pressure starting from for lebron it might have been much earlier. 15 he was on the cover of sports illustrated at like 15 or 16 but by the ages of i don't know 12 he might be thinking i'm gonna pull my family out of poverty right right it's probably a mentality he had like i've got to make this work because we don't have much you know, yeah. and, and yeah, he had it like the worst, right? In terms of socioeconomic things. Yeah. I think there's also a bad edge to this because a lot of people are pushed into sports. Yeah. And then their parents almost live through them. I learned a lot with my little brother who I, you know, I put through school. Um, he actually just dropped out of college, which hurt me to the soul. Right. But I realized that it was his decision he could make. And I maybe pushed him a little too hard. He liked playing basketball for fun and things like that. And I'm like, grind, grind, <laughs> grind. And it just didn't work out, right? It just didn't work out. I wonder how the average mindset of, of an athlete is. Because honestly, I think it's not as insane as you think it is. I think there are people that are broken much easier than others. Yeah, I just, you know, being at that level, right? Playing competitive amateur basketball, like I, it, it's, a, it's a grimy world. It actually made me not like business as a way, because it's a business, even at the high school level. What do you mean by that? It's a, it's just a business. It's let's put the best team to play. It's not about development. It's about who can pre perform, right? I don't get a scholarship to go to the private school, you know, if I don't produce at basketball, right? Right then and there, it's a business. Oh, I see. I right. See. I'm bringing, you know, the team brought notoriety to the high school and, and put, you know, we filled out the gym at every game. Right. You know, so it is revenue. Right. Nobody gave me a scholarship because they liked me. Wow. OK. It does all boil down to money. Oh, yes. That is the state of sports. Yes. It is, it is a billion dollar. Revenue. Trillion. Dollar trillion yeah. Industry. Yeah. It's revenue. In the U.S. Even college sports are a billion dollar industry. Oh, billions yeah yeah absolutely the money that comes into the esports it's insane in the US, i i think a lot of it is pretty pure i think ticket sales are a good setup where you, mm -hmm. you pay to go watch the show yeah but then there is so much extra revenue from ads mm -hmm. and merchandise oh man yeah lebron when he came into the league he was making half as much from basketball and nike gave him a 10-year uh 90 million dollar contract Right. So and his NBA contract was like four or five million a year. So it's like, who are you employed by the, the basketball team or Nike? Right. Do you think it's potentially bad for people how these icons can have so much power over younger generations or younger people? You were a kid when you were watching Kobe. And yeah. You must have thought I got to get me some. Uh, I got to get me like a Kobe jersey or yep. Kobe shoes. Kobe sh oh. Right. 
Yeah. And so it gets the dream gets sold to you. Oh. Because it's it's correlated. It's tied together. Yep. Kobe and his Kobe's, Michael Jordan and his Jordans. Yep. It's culture. It's like ni- marketing and Nike and all these companies understand that we will spend to try to feel connected to that community or to that movement, right? So the Kobe shoes, the Lakers shirt, the LeBron jersey, right? The, the Jordan shoes, obviously. You had to have a pair of Jordans at once in your life. I, I've never had Jordans. Are you? Oh, okay. This, this is a very, Christmas gift. Very... Christmas gift for Matt. What size is he? What size are you? Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Okay, he needs some Jordans. He needs some Jordans. This is a very American thing. Yeah. Uh, Not many people had Jordans. Really? Oh my. Yeah. Oh well, and you played basketball and, and didn't have Jordans? Jordans. Oh. I used to play in these New Balance joggers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, okay, I played at a decent level where everyone had basketball shoes. Yeah. But I wore these as a tactic as a strategy because they would see the new balance and then they, they would think you couldn't play they're like steve jobs new balance shoes <laughs> they're, they're not hooping new balances yeah they're new balance joggers well so you were out there like that i love that i love that mentality though so you get one play with they're not that Gosh. locked on so you oh i give it yeah. so you were able to sneak on like like people wouldn't take you serious exactly. and then you would play hard and say oh he's actually a hooper like <laughs> let me okay that I, that makes sense and i was just too cheap oh i gotcha i gotcha i i actually hated playing against those guys the new balance or the or if you wore jordan's on the court that's like another basketball cardinal sin nobody plays oh, jordan's. you wear jordan's you don't play in Jordans. Like that's just the cardinal rule, right? Card- um, but the people that did that, I didn't want to play them because they took the game too serious or they like box out on every play and get, re- you know, they like work hard all the time type of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's a, it's a stereotype. That is hilarious. I So coming from Australia and not knowing as much about the Jordans culture, I didn't realize that people didn't hoop in Jordans. Oh yeah, no. In Malcolm's song, Wings, where he really talks about the consumption of this what sports have created yep and it's jordan specifically and he said a hundred dollars for a pair of shoes i would never hoop in that that, i never i would never hoop in that's what he means because you don't play in them you wear it wow now you get the now you get the lyric yeah and his next ones were i'm an individual but i'm part of a movement my movement told me be a consumer and i I consumed it oh yeah so that does speak to the because initially in the song it's a great song initially you think oh song about basketball great yeah we love basketball and he starts talking about the consumerism yep that sports have created yep and he was attached to michael jordan yep because he bought these jordans he touched the net yep i mean marketing right everyone wanted to be like mike I want to be like Mike. I, did you get, you got that commercial? Oh, I've seen the movie. There's a movie dedicated. It's like Mike. Oh, oh yes, that's right. That is one enormous advertisement. And the way you could be like Mike is going to go buy some Jordans and come in and partake in consumerism, right? Like, 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 like that's how you get connected to it. Cause have you seen like Mike? Of course with Bow Wow. That is insane. Little white kid, right? Yeah objectively little white kid i think he's 11 or something but he's tiny and he puts on jordans shoes nikes right right and now he can play really good yeah and he dunks and does these absurd things and then it's because 
as a 12 year old maybe you don't think of it as connected yeah because you just think oh this is a great movie yeah and then you turn 18 and you're like why am i just buying every jordans <laughs> <laughs> why am i spending my money buying these jordans because there's it's a problem it's a problem for it was a problem for me <laughs> i had just like to stop buying them when i started making money that is hilarious it was just like the song is about you i would literally like struggle putting gas in my car and get into school because i had to buy the the jordan independence day fives that came out you know like wow. like so remember the, that toxic yeah yeah it was that that toxic. and that is i would say a lot of people have that problem here i'm better i'm better than most what yes yes oh, i really, grew up with these commercials yeah yeah, these yeah, commercials yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so I, I when i was working retail right i was working retail and um you know i would make like 500 bucks every two weeks 600 bucks and like me, I know, I know what that's me like a twenty k job, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 20K. Well, yeah, exactly, right. So that's starting out. I was selling uh, phones at the mall kiosk, and all my coworkers had all these Jordans, and I'm like, guys, we make five hundred dollars every two weeks. <laughs> like, I know how much you guys are making, right? <laughs> and you bought two. You know what I mean? Like, that's four hundred dollars. Right. Like, you know, if you bought two pairs of Jordans <laughs> and I'm just looking around like, like, why are we all doing this? You know, and it's because you're looking at these people and you're thinking, wait, we make the exact yeah, same yeah. amount of money <laughs> like, and it's hurting you. And it's hurting you. <laughs> like, you're thinking like, like you're making it. <laughs> oh, my like, God. oh, how did you get like, why are you doing it? You know, and we all just participate in this. So oh, and like, then you think, oh, right, now let me go buy some Jordans. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like, oh, man. Um a different situation now but still it oh man i the amount of time i spent drawing the jordans and back when i was like 13 you could go on the line and like customize your own right and i couldn't buy them but i would customize them on the computer <laughs> and just look at them and just look at them like oh this colorway and change the tongue to that color like oh these are nice wow. so it's just a part of you know nike controlling me you know that is crazy because they did use your passion for the sport exactly and converted yep into, into a forever customer yeah no that's a crazy tangent we went on but yeah. i think originally we we're talking about america's obsession with sports oh yes and i did i was curious about one thing and that is the whole high school culture of sports because we we're talking about spectating sports for the most part just then but there's a whole element of you, you're in high school or you're in middle school or you're in elementary school and there's a basketball team. Yeah. And you're meant to go. Yeah. So you, I guess, talk, spoke about it in mm -hmm. the athlete's point of view. But every other kid is thinking, I got to go watch this basketball game. I'm yep. a part of this team. Yeah. And I think that's what America has done with their sports. They've binded themselves to the team. Yep. Yep. And I think too... You know, like, you know, there's a connection, right? Like, um, I always remember my dad watching the Lakers, right? So, like, there's, like, a family dynamic to it for me, right? I'm sure for a lot of others. But I think a lot of it, too, is it's also entertainment, right? Like, not, not only are you connected, but, like, it's also just entertainment, right? <laughs> like, it's also fun. Super Bowl parties. I don't even think about the Super Bowl. I think about... The Super Bowl parties. <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, I think you invited me to a Super Bowl party <laughs> yeah. and you grew up in Australia, right? Not yeah. watching American I, football. I hosted a Super Bowl party. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. So even you, who's not, right? You're hosting Super Bowl yeah, parties. Because I was talking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can't escape it, yo. You really can't escape it. I came to America having never gone to a to Super, Super Bowl party. party in your life and your first, because you. And then I. 
Your, that was the first Super Bowl. That, yeah. Everybody's watching it, though. Yeah. The viewership must be... I think it's the most viewed thing on the planet, I believe. <laughs> the Super Bowl? I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Yeah, and then um, obviously a lot of people love watching the halftime show as well. So it's always exciting. I loved you talk about American sports and how you played as an athlete in yeah. America. But I think what's interesting... I, I think what a lot of people haven't heard about is how sports works in Australia. Oh, please. Because we always watch how American sports work yeah high school sports because you you watch remember the titans or oh, coach yeah. carter oh. and you think oh it seems like there's one team and they the whole school's behind them and it's just this one team mm -hmm. but in australia school sport was compulsory compulsory what, what do you mean by that you had to do it mandatory oh. so you couldn't not choose sports oh from the and, ages of 12 to 15, 16 and it's still not popular no everyone chooses sports so what happens is 50 people try out for the basketball team and like 50 people try out for the soccer team. Uh, but then they just create all of these teams. Oh. As in, it's not just one team per school. It's eight teams per year, per grade. Oh, because everyone has to play. Everyone has to play. Because you're oh. not going to force people to play sports and then cut them. They have to still play. So it's... So that's way less competitive then. For a lot of teams, participation-wise. Participation trophies. Oh. The thing is, truly, it, it's very interesting because... So in Australian sports, when I was in year seven, I was 12 years old, we had four basketball teams, A, B, C's, and D's. Oh. Yeah, so, and then you go to your other schools and play the same team. Level, same. Yeah, a, so the A's are always the most serious. So when I said I played basketball, I, I, I was in the top team. Like, those are definitely the most important leagues because everything else below is... Recreational, basically. Like, yeah. We're getting more recreational. If you played in the B's and the C's... So, wow, like, I did not know that. It is so strange. Wow. Because the thing is, it's because so many people have to play sports, the coaches are not as serious. Oh, yeah. It's just school teachers. Uh, it's just, it's, it's like for fun. It's not as cutthroat as it is here. Yeah, but you still you still have to compete though. Yeah, you still learn about com competing. It's like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that, Matt. Thank you for telling me that, man. No, it's actually crazy, right? Because your geography teacher would be your coach <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes it's, you, it's acknowledged that your coach is not going to say anything. So j just the team talks to each other. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, tell me more. I need more facts <laughs> from Australia. Oh, uh, it was so, honestly, I guess shout out to my school specifically, Sydney Tech. Um, but we would often watch our C's and D's play each other because th there's not that many, I guess, tiers. So the A's and B's would often play in the same league. Yeah, yeah. And the B's will always get crushed and the A's will do a lot better. And the C's and D's will play in the same league. So if you both make it to the finals, you just play each other. Wow. So when the C's was D's would play, yo, 15 C's and D's. It's, 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 oh, it's, comedy. it's comedy. It's, it's honestly, comedy. It's insane. It's like, oh, that's my boy, Philip. Yeah, yeah. And these are your boys, like Andy and Hovey. But these are still all my boys. But in this game, it's like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you. Wow. Of the C's though. But yeah, I, I... Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, there is still the dog in some of these people. Yeah, yeah. They're just these. at a different level of... No, that's the thing. Because they're, they're... Okay, they're objectively not great hoopers. Yeah. But some of them, they, they're insane. Yeah. 
they're gonna scream at you and it, you think why are these people taking it so seriously in the C's and D's yeah and it's the same way that I took it seriously playing the A's in Sydney is that the dog the dog is in many forms yeah yeah they don't always have to be the, the best guy yeah I, I get your point wow. one of the best teams so we would probably call that like A's would be varsity and then JV would be the B right and then there's just nothing after that yeah and this is per school entire school so it's very competitive and actually some schools even have just a, fr a freshman team then jv and then varsity if it's that big and competitive because th the levels are so different that the freshmen coming in can't compete on the jv so they just don't play for two years and how do you get better if you're not playing mm. so some schools have fresh uh, frosh soft then a JV and then a varsity. Yeah, but it's way more competitive. A dedicated coach, <laughs> right? We had weightlifting schedules. Uh, you know, it's like it's just you had. Oh, you also had to run six minute mile or less to be on the team. Mm. You don't make time. You'd never get a jersey. Wow. So like if you didn't condition and make the certain yeah. times, you're not on the team. Like it was like very cutthroat. Doesn't yeah? Did you guys have that like parameters you had to like reach to be on the team, or it's like no? Oh, so it's, it was just the best kids. Oh, it's just the oh. no. See, it's not as competitive. Oh, okay, Again, yeah. It's whilst we did have top teams, varsity teams, as you might call them, it, it wasn't as insanely competitive. People wouldn't be dying for that spot. Oh, okay, yeah. No, people yeah. are dying for that spot here. Just because everyone has to compete, right? Ah, wow. And this is like ten kids per grade that can be on the top team. So it's still a lot of kids. Gotcha, gotcha. If it was ten per school, then it would get way more competitive. Gotcha, right? gotcha. So you were you were uh, the big dog on campus then, from an athletic standpoint, because you're on the A's. Yo, this is what's interesting about. You're pretty nice, man. When we played for somebody that didn't play play like that, you're really nice. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. But this is the thing about Aussie sports is that it wasn't because there were so many people playing. No one's watching each other's games. Nobody's what. No one's going to high school basketball games except for very select private schools uh, and parents go. Gotcha. But no one's spectating it. Ah. Yeah, so no one thought you were cool if you were good at sports. Oh, I very gotcha. Very different culturally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you people thought you were cool, huh? Oh, man. So I would say th this is what I love basketball for as well, is because I had my thing, which was basketball, I got to be a dork or got to be who I was. You know, I tell corny jokes and I do Rubik's Cubes, right? Like, and play video games. But I had my cool points through basketball. Does that make sense? So, uh -huh. like, I didn't need to... I felt like I didn't need it to, like, try and fit in or anything because I had my thing that I was superior at. And people thought you were cool? Yeah, I thought... Yeah, I definitely was cool. I mean, I, I won Prom King, you know, no big deal. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. No, no that no, is no. actually objectively yeah, a pretty good measurement yeah, of how cool you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm obviously, like, a dork, right? So, so yeah, I was Prom King and, you know, CIF champion. So, but I think, though, if I didn't have basketball, maybe I would have tried to be cool or whatever. But, like, I was like, I'm already cool because... <laughs> I, I can make threes, you know, like, like, so I, it, for me as a, as a kid, like I realized that, which is why, like, I want my kids to have like their thing. That's a wholesome reason. Did That's that a wholesome reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. It didn't make us cool though. Yeah. You could uh, both be really weird during yeah. normal school and then cool when you played basketball. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. I'm sorry not to jump topics, but I want to know your opinion on esports because you're not a huge sports person. I mean, well, you are now because mm. you get it here, but you are into video games, mm. right? So I want to know what you think in your perspective. Of esports. Yeah, 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 versus my perspective. 
I, I don't know what your pers- perspective is yet, but I, I like esports. I don't fully subscribe to the debate of are uh, esports real sports. I don't think that's really that important. But I think it's done a lot of great stuff. It's super entertaining. Yeah. And honestly, I think for a lot of people, it's a lot easier to empathize with the people. Mm-hmm. I found that to be kind of an issue for me, is that it's hard for me to put myself in the shoes of LeBron or something. Because he's just like an alien to me. Oh, yeah, he's an alien. In terms of athleticism. Yeah, yeah, agree. And okay. size and speed. You can never relate. You can, yeah, yeah. Or even... I could never relate to LeBron. But what I can relate to, and I think my brother has said this to me before, is a nerdy kid uh, indoors on his laptop. So you're saying it's just like a wider audience. You know what? I think in this day and age, that is the the normal people mm-hmm. most people are not hooping. lebron or not lebron yeah or having hoop dreams these days yeah most, most people, people are just growing up on the internet so you're saying like esports is more of like the dream than like lebron being lebron is because oh, no. <laughs> is that we're not saying the dream but like, it's more relatable because you saw yourself in in kobe i guess yeah in some ways. yeah but it's hard for me to see myself in a guy. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Like but that. you can. Un- but I can see myself in one of these nerds. Well, I don't call them nerds because I, I love watching them play. But <laughs> as if, uh, in the world's <laughs> eyes, you've been playing video games. You know what's funny that you say that? That's why Steph Curry blew up the way he did because everybody can shoot the ball from far. Right, like not everybody could be six eight like LeBron and you know jump this high. But Steph Curry looks like a kid. He's 6'2", 6'3", skinny, frail, right? And shoots, right? Steph Curry blew up because everyone could relate to him more. Because basically, NBA players are typically like monsters or aliens, right? 6'8", 6'9", jumping out of the gym. So it's funny that you say that. Ah. Steph Curry has created a revolution, not just in the way the game is played at the top level. Yeah. But now when you just play at LA Fitness, everyone's shooting threes. I come from the old generation in basketball, but my, you know, my little brother played basketball, right? And in college, you go into the gym, the first thing a kid does, they don't shoot a layup. They don't shoot, get a warm up, you know, close shot. They step back from the three and are just launching shots. And I'm like, wow, that's Steph Curry's impact. Yeah, like the, a kid comes to the gym and the first thing you do is shoot a far shot. <laughs> that is against what you learned growing up. Playing. Oh, completely. Like, let me just shoot the furthest. You got to warm up, get you know, and then they're shooting from far, out of form, right? Like, it's just it's traditional warm ups that you start with layups. Yeah, and then, you start and then you're shots. yeah. They just the first shot is just a far three. It's insane, but that's the Steph Curry impact. Oh, it's crazy. I remember playing. You know, as people that played basketball, you didn't just play at school or in rec leagues. You also play kind of on the street-ish, uh-huh. just with random people. Yep. And it's changed how these people play as well. Oh, yeah. Because I remember I was there before. I played before Steph Curry blew up, and I played a bit after. Yeah. And before Steph Curry blew up, everyone's driving. Yeah, driving. Layups, yep, yep. Getting in close, yep. posting up. And now you go to the park and everyone's shooting threes. Everyone shoot three. And now even in the NBA, you know, it's positionless basketball, meaning even the big guys shoot threes now. <laughs> that's preferred now than being a big man that doesn't. So that's it's Steph Curry. His impact on basketball is just crazy. Like that. It's insane what he did. Yeah, he, de- he definitely revolutionized the game. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. really cool. Yeah, so that now I can understand what you say about esports um, and, you know, being able to relate to the kid playing. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I look at it like I didn't take it for real because I, I played basketball, right? And like I wanted to be in the NBA. So the idea that 
these are athletes. I was, I guess, like, this is a, this is a joke, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a joke. However, I thought about it. I said, you know what? It's entertaining, right? People are making money. There was a kid that made a million dollars on Fortnite. What was it? A ninja? Is that his name? Somebody, somebody, you know, won the, uh, the, the Fortnite competition, made a million dollars. So you're making money. And then I was like, the last thing was, I was like, no one would watch somebody else play video games. Like, that's insane. Mm. But that's obviously clearly false because of Twitch and what's going on, right, with esports. And then the final nail in the straw, uh, nail in the coffin for me was the NBA, the NBA watch had a draft, an NBA draft of 2K players. Wow. On TV. ESPN. They did that? Yes. And then they play each other like as a season. Like It's one player though. One player, yeah. So they drafted uh, John, who was the number one, number one pick. Then they drafted, you know, Julio, who's the number two. That is extremely that, bizarre. So I was like, the NBA is televising this. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's esports is clearly here. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, oh, holy cow. Like it's really here. No, it's really here. Sorry. That's, that is what I meant. Yeah. 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 It's, I was like, so I was like, okay, esports is actually a sport because it's entertainment. People watch it. People are making money and careers out of it. And it's being televised over the world. So the times have changed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's come, it's come a long way, yeah. extremely long way. I mean, 10 years ago, you couldn't really be, oh, actually 2013. You couldn't really be making a lot of money from esports, but there are esports millionaires now. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, here's a question because you, we we, we both play basketball. Yeah. Do you think that esports athletes do race? <laughs> esports athletes. Oh gosh. Yeah. Esports athletes have similar training, or do you think most of the principles apply? Across? I think most of the principles apply. Obviously, there's a physical component that's not there anymore. Right. Like you're not actually sweating in my, you know, oh. right. Like you're not weightlifting. Right. But as it relates to the discipline, the work ethic, it's all the same. Just right. like how we can apply anything that, you know, apply that to anything. Um, it's clearly requires that to play at that level. Mm. <laughs> right. To be ninja or to be someone right. right? Like, right. like it took work to get there. Oh, it takes in so many reps because, okay, this is what is crazy about esports though and versus conventional sports is they can practice 10 hours a day. Oh, and you right? can't practice. They can practice 12 hours a day. Oh, the thing is wow. you can practice basketball at most, let's say you're pushing three, four hours. Three, four hours. That's that was so a, yep, much practice yep, though. Yep, you're right. But they can practice all day and that's what they do. But you can watch tape and all that, but they can practice whatever they're doing 10 hours a day. Like when they play esports, like CSGO players, CSGO pros, uh, Counter-Strike, the first-person shooter. Yeah. They practice shooting 12 hours a day. Oh, man. How crazy is that? That's insane. And so they have to because everyone can put in that much work. Oh, so it's like probably super competitive to be at the top of the top there. Oh, it's incredibly competitive. And if yeah. you think about it, the pool is bigger in a way, right? Because everybody can do this. Oh, the pool is enormous. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's, yeah, I, I can understand it now. And it's just funny when you said, yeah, the esports athletes. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> but that's, yeah, but what, I, I don't, how else? Yeah, that's that, the appropriate way that's to the, it. Yeah, it is. It just, it right. just like hit me like, oh gosh, he just said esports athletes. <laughs> He's just playing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. but they're athletes. You yeah. know what I mean? They're, they're athletes, right? So I, I, I have to give them a res their respect, you know? Yeah. It's just not how I looked at it, right? But um, I, I agree. 
it's exploded. So who are your like goats, right? Like who are your uh. like sports icons or you know who influenced you right like who who are your people uh this is a great question this is a great topic actually because i do know about you and kobe but i was talking about uh before we started i was talking about muhammad ali Ooh, i just wow muhammad ali is i think a, a different animal in this regard and this is the thing okay complete respects complete respect to kobe and jordan and wayne gretzky or tom brady sorry tom brady my bad i completely respect all those athletes but i think f combat sports are an entirely different thing yeah it's an entirely different beast because there is an a much bigger element of my life is on the line and we have to fight almost to the death you're actually going into the ring to kill someone like that's the mentality that's the mentality that's like yes. the mentality like if i'm gonna kill you in football or, or basketball that means i'm gonna like slam dunk on you or you know something like that but in boxing it's like i'm gonna make you go to sleep preferably yeah. forever oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i feel like that's every single boxer in their mind they're thinking oh i'm gonna go in there i'm just gonna kill him <laughs> oh wow. i'm gonna kill the man because that, that has to be the mentality, right? You can't be thinking, I'm going to go in there and pepper him a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pepper him. Let me pepper him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the significance of Muhammad Ali. Yeah, but yeah, I want to know more inside about Inside and yeah, outside. Yeah, thing, I would yeah. Say. he's greater than the sport. If you haven't seen a lot of Ali's fights and you look up Ali highlights, you see him dance yeah. and you see him be nice with it. The entertainment. And, quick and, and just, just, just completely dominating people. But and Muhammad he had the Ali, personality. Now that's common where they talk, but like all the I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, right? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't remember any other fighters really doing that. Did oh, that was that was pretty revolutionary. Oh, that was yeah, yeah. That's but, like uh, that was different. Yeah, but the thing is, okay, sorry, going back to finishing that point. Will you kind of explain a bit on why Ali was so great? Is he went through so much pain, and some of his biggest fights were wars. If you watch highlights of him, he's quick. He he's shuffling around, having a great time. But his biggest fights against Joe Frazier and George Foreman. George Foreman. So yes, the Foreman girl. But Muhammad Ali's biggest fights were wars. In the Joe Frazier fight, the first one, he gets knocked down in the fifteenth round. There's up. fifteen rounds. And they used to fight for fifteen rounds, which is much worse for your for your brains. Oh gosh. Yeah, and he got up and he kept fighting, and he. He did lose that fight to a decision. But Muhammad Ali's biggest fights were absolute wars. And Mike Tyson talks about it is that Muhammad Ali was essentially willing to die for the spot. Yeah. Mike Tyson would say, he would say he doesn't understand that kind of mindset. The wow. willingness to die. Because Mike Tyson, when he fought certain people and he got outboxed, he would think, oh, you this is what he said he said oh you got me today you got me to oh yeah, there's like, another day yeah there's another day for me but in but muhammad was like oh no there is no other day like today is <laughs> today is the day that i'm gonna give my 120 percent yeah and fight you and the thing is because there are trade-offs to make here if you just keep fighting it's gonna be bad for your health yeah look at what happened it's unfair what happened ali how he was treated by the government oh uh, yes right you because talk a bit about what well, so because he didn't want to go to the Vietnam War, right? Right. Right. So, yeah, I, so again, he, he, he got conscripted. Yeah. And he was a conscientious objector to it. Yeah. He said, no, I'm not going to go, even though they he had to go. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. He, he was, was very, very anti-war. Anti yeah. 
and he, I, I he spoke at a lot a lot of rallies and yeah. and things about how he's not gonna serve. He has uh, some pretty good lines from that time. He said, man, I ain't got no quarrel with them Viet Cong. Why should they ask me to put on a uniform and go 10,000 miles from home and drop bombs and bullets on brown people in Vietnam while so-called Negro people in Louisville are treated like dogs and denied simple human rights? Oh, man. Ahead of his time. Because it was not just refusing to go. It, it was a complete movement. Yeah as to standing up for Africa. And this is happening, I don't know, I don't know what years is, because this is obviously around civil rights time, right? Right, early 70s, I think. Early 70s, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so this is like Martin Luther King and stuff, right? Like, like right, uh, right, yes. Again, I don't, sorry for not having that history, and I appreciate you educating me, because I, I, I didn't know the specifics. I just know that he didn't go to Vietnam, yeah, right? right? And he was anti-war. Uh, I, and I do remember like a documentary where they're like, he's anti-war, but you're a boxer <laughs> where you're like mentally going to war, you know, in the ring, you right. know, for sport. I see. But you won't do it for your country. Right? Oh, yeah. People hated him. <laughs> yeah. He was hated for doing that. Yeah. But if you look back, like, obviously, uh, I don't want to get any uh, controversial and stuff, but like that was obviously the wrong decision for us to go to fight in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, oh, OK. Right. You get what America I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. This the whole thing is pretty crazy because we're talking about I guess sporting icons, and we were talking about Chadwick Boseman recently. Yeah, yeah. He died rest yeah. in peace. But he played Jackie Robinson in '42, oh. and I was reading about Jackie Robinson. So he played for the uh, the Dodgers, mm -hmm. Brooklyn Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. now it's called the LA Dodgers. Yeah. But he was in the army. He was in the tank battalion that was for African Americans. Yeah. So they have a separate tank battalion yeah to the general army for african-americans mm -hmm. so it's like hey come to war for us but you still have to fight somewhat you still have to be separate from us wow how crazy is that that whole mindset it's like these people are going to die with you and yet yeah keep it separated yeah you think they would the barrier oh, did not translate over there. I'm obviously a person of color, you know, right. so those things, yeah, I, could, I couldn't imagine what he went through. And then just, he just wanted to play a sport and all the stuff that he went through playing baseball, you know, right. just the, the vitriol he experienced for being a person of color, right? Playing baseball. So Jackie Robinson means a lot too. Mm. Something way big. I don't even know Jackie Robinson's stats at yeah. all, but I have a Jackie Robinson jersey. I have one jersey of baseball. And it's a Jackie Robinson jersey, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not a basketball, like, aficionado. Uh, I'm sorry, a baseball uh, super fan. But I, I know who Jackie Robinson is, and I understand the importance. Right. Well, you asked me about my sport icons. Oh. You talked about Kobe. Oh, man, yeah. You were here. Yeah. You, you grew up in L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Kobe is my goat. I understand he may not be the goat. He is my goat and always will be. You know, like what Kobe meant to me. You know, just... Um, yeah, and then obviously, you know, the tragedy that happened. Right? I'm still not over it. <laughs> I'm still not over it. The person, I think Kobe, what Kobe stands for to me is just this unwavering belief in yourself. Just the insane amount of confidence. When he shot those air balls as like, a, I think he was a second year player and like people are like, you shouldn't even be in the NBA. You're from high school, right? Like, like and then you're shooting in the playoffs in an elimination game and Shaq, who's, you know, the best player in the NBA at the time doing, and, you know, and Shaq actually said, man, when I, when he did that, when he was willing to fail like that, I knew he was going to be somebody. Oh, interesting. In the failure. 
right? Mm. Because like a lot of winning is a lot of losing. Uh, <laughs> as much as you win, you lose way more, right? So you lose way more. So just seeing Kobe put up shot after shot, right? And that that was that's one of my like became a super fan. So that's my aff- affection towards Kobe. That, I think it's a great point that you said you lose a lot more than you win, because. Yeah. Whilst it won't always be true, I think you can start to win a lot more. Yeah. But when you start off, you're always going to lose way more. Exactly. I, I think that's in general, right? Most things you're going to miss yep. when you start. Mm-hmm. If you do anything. And like, I mean, if you do anything, but I think to myself like, wow, I'm at like, I'm doing like global sales at the highest level that I thought I could be at. Mm. And it's a lot of losing. <laughs> Still. <laughs> because your expectation... Well, who are you competing against? Or, yeah, I guess. Right, that, that all goes up. But right. but if you think about it, right, LeBron, Kobe, they're they're measured on how many championships they get, right? Hmm. LeBron has played. I guess he has his four championships was a lot, but he's played twenty seasons. Hmm. Right, so he's what he's getting a championship in four out of twenty is what? Oh, I see. You get right. what I mean, and that's what the greatest players are measured on: how many rings you get. So hmm. in that perspective, he's failed a lot, but because he fails, he wins. And that's actually a Michael Jordan quote. Mm-hmm. I've missed this many shots. I've missed 38 buzzer beaters. But because I failed, that's why I win. Uh, it's actually a famous Jordan quote. That is a very famous Jordan quote. And I've missed, I think he said 38 buzzer beaters. Right? Yes, he's made several buzzer beaters, but he's yeah. missed way more. Right, right. But that's why he wins. That's a great quote. No, that's actually a quite a timeless Jordan quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta get your reps in. Right, right. So for me, it's definitely Kobe. And then I'm... And LeBron. Um, dude, I think we, we went through a lot of good yeah. content today about sports and your experiences with it, how it's translated to your life, and also a lot of fun facts about the NBA and, yeah. I guess, backstories. Um, do you have any final thoughts? No, man. Thanks for inviting me on your on your podcast, man, My to my uh, favorite roommate. <laughs> Andre, it's been a pleasure having you. Yeah. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Overthinking the Modern World. Till next time, see ya. See ya.